Welcome to the Soul of Islam radio podcast with Ahmed Saqa Amini and Emil Ihsan Alexander Tarabi. This is episode number four of season one. My name is Ahmed Saqa Amini and I'm a researcher in atomic molecular optical physics, a spoken word artist, and deeply committed to sharing the fundamental connection between science and spirituality with our community and beyond. Ihsan is a lifelong student of Islamic spirituality and the creator of the highly acclaimed Islamic Meditation and the Eternal Warrior Way programs. He is a spiritual coach, writer, and speaker committed to the evolution of consciousness within the global community. The Soul of Islam radio podcast is dedicated to sharing the deeper dimension of Islam and supporting your personal growth and spiritual development. Today's podcast will be a discussion on the movie The Book of Eli. It was released in 2010, directed by the Hughes Brothers, written by Gary Widow. It stars Denzel Washington, Mila Kunis, and Gary Oldman. Now, the movie follows a man on his journey from east to west in America. It takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. He's on a mission, and he carries a book with him, a sacred book which contains secrets that he believes will save humankind. At the same time, Eli, the main character in the movie, is being chased by a warlord who wants to get his hands on the very book due to his love for power. Joining me today is our very own Ahsan. Ahsan, welcome to the show. Hello and salam alaikum, Ahmed. It's wonderful to be here again. To start the discussion, I uh, actually thought it was very interesting. Uh, the name Eli... I saw the movie. I was moved by it. There's a lot of spiritual elements in there. But the name Eli, I did some research and I found that the name Eli is the name of a priest who also was a teacher for the prophet Samuel. It was mentioned in the Bible uh, in Samuel verses 1 through 3. And Eli also um, has many meanings. And the word draws those meanings from Hebrew, Greek, Latin, and other languages. But the word Eli really means ascent or Yahweh, the Most High, and then Arabic that means Al-A'la. So I feel that maybe the name of that movie, or the reason why they chose that name, uh, will become more evident as we uh, discuss this movie a little further. Ahsan, just to start us off, what was your take on the movie? Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I thought that this was a very interesting movie, especially in our current day and age, because it really instantly helps us visually understand what's happening in the world and what has been happening, not just in the modern world, but throughout human history. This movie really shows how spirituality, religion, sacred scripture has been misused by humanity, not for its true purpose, not for its original intent, which is the evolution of humanity, the evolution of consciousness, the perfection of the self, and the progressive realization of selflessness, of humility, piety, sincerity, but rather those who are motivated by power, by greed, the desire for control and manipulation, use religion, use spirituality, use sacred scripture, not to free human beings, but rather to enslave them. Yeah, it's very interesting because, you know, we've seen this in history. Uh, that story repeats itself so many times when you have a king who is obsessed with power, and who used and abused scripture to take control over a people. And scripture has also been used to destroy a people, their culture and their way of life. There's so many elements in there that resonated with me from his constant battle with 
people. Um, he was being chased. It's something that we can all relate to, um, whether they're inner battles or outer battles that we fight uh, from day to day. The very first scene in the movie, it really set the tone for me. Uh, it, was t- it took place in a, in a forest. Uh, there was a dead man who was approached by a skinned cat, which later became uh, Eli's dinner that night. And uh, it gave me this feeling that uh, this movie uh, was taking place in a world where food wasn't as common. People were killing anything for food. Yeah, it's a, it's a very barbaric world, in fact, that is presented in this movie. It's a very violent and barren world. And a lot of times we hear in common conversation that this criticism of religion, this criticism of spirituality and religion, that it is somehow harming humanity. You, you hear this a lot among the atheists and the secular proponents who try to essentially you know, minimize the value of religion to whatever degree possible. But the movie really shows that a world without religion, a world without faith, without belief, without some form of spiritual and divine guidance is a world without mercy. It's a world without love. It's a world without light. And before we continue, it might be helpful to just put the disclaimer out that this podcast will likely contain significant spoilers about the movie. So there may be certain things, if you haven't yet seen the movie, you may want to see it first, or just be aware that there will be things that we refer to in this podcast, in this episode, you know, that will give away elements of the story. So what's happened in the story is that there's apparently been some sort of nuclear holocaust, the global war. And the movie points to the fact that religion apparently had something to do with it. So human civilization afterwards deemed it necessary to eliminate all sacred scripture. So throughout the movie, there is no sacred texts left in the world. And what makes the movie significant is that Eli has the last Bible known to man. He's preserved it, he's safeguarded it, he's protected it, and he's trying to get it to the West. At the same time, this warlord played by Gary Oldman finds out that he has the book and is seeking to get it from him for the opposite reason. Now the movie, interestingly, it juxtaposes Eli's sincerity, his purity, with the corruption of Gary Oldman's character, the warlord. While Eli is trying to honor and sincerely follow the path, the warlord is simply seeking the sacred scripture to control, manipulate, and influence others. And there's a point in the movie where he actually declares when his henchmen don't understand why this book is so important to him because he's going through such great lengths to find it, to attain it. He actually says that you don't understand. The book is a weapon. And that if he has it, people will do exactly what he tells them to do if he uses the words in the book. You know, subhanAllah, we can see how this is played out in our world across every religious tradition. How sacred scripture is quoted not for the purpose of elevating humanity, leading them to goodness and piety and spirituality, but rather to control them, to influence them, to manipulate them, to move them towards desired action other than their personal spiritual growth and evolution. So I, I call this the double-edged sword of religion. And religion has power. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a gift from Allah. It's a gift from the Creator. Spiritual guidance is a gift for humanity. But it does come with a choice. We were given free will. And that power, that tool can be used for good or it can be used for evil. That's why education is so important. It's so critical, especially for religious people, for spiritual people, 
Sayyidina Omar said that this religion is our life, it's our blood, so be careful who you take it from. We must drink from a pure source. We must always take our faith, our religion, our beliefs from a pure source. Otherwise our system becomes corrupted, our minds become corrupted. So you mentioned also earlier, Ahmed, that he's heading from east to west. I thought that was significant. What was your take on that? Yeah, that was very interesting. He was heading west. Why wasn't he heading east? The west meant something to me. You know, the west was advertised to the world uh, as something um, where opportunities are made and are found. It symbolizes the new world almost. There was also a hadith mentioned by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that uh, the, the sun will also rise from the west. So almost for Eli, it was the birth or the renaissance of something beautiful that will benefit humanity. I thought that was very interesting too, because if we look at the history of humanity, there has been this progressive focus, and again, everything happens by divine will, this progressive focus towards the west. I mean, for the most part, western civilization now is the focus of the world, the focus of the global consciousness. When we look at the sun, it rises from the east and it sets in the west. And if we look at the experience of humanity upon this planet, we can see that spirituality arose very much so in the east and ultimately has been making its way westward, traveling to the west. The deepest experiences of spirituality have been discovered in the eastern world and is now being embraced by the west. And ironically, the east is leaving behind spirituality and now chasing materialism. But we find much greater sincerity now in the Western world. This has been my experience. We find the most progressive, the most sincere thought and movements taking place in the West. And it seems almost like within the Muslim world, the Muslim community, although they have Islam in name, the sincerity has been lost throughout much of the Muslim world. And it's being rediscovered by Muslims here in the Western world who are having to choose Islam. They haven't simply inherited it in fact, here you have to fight to keep your deen. You have to fight to keep your religion because everything is here trying to strip you from it. The modern materialist culture is so strong that those who actually adhere to spirituality and to religion must do so at great effort. So what ends up happening is a deeper realization of what Islam truly is, of what spirituality really is. What ends up happening is a much deeper experience, and this is also how progress is being made. Religion, like all things, must be in continual evolution. We must continually increase our understanding and the depth of our understanding. And that's what I see happening now in the Western world. So it must have been almost destined for spirituality to go through this journey, to face all these struggles, all these battles. And Eli resembles spirituality itself. You know, took his journey from the Eastern traditions or the Eastern world to the Western world. I thought that was very interesting and apt, the way that was phrased and placed in the movie. And of course, you did mention the Hadith of the Prophet where he said that towards the last days, one of the great signs will be that, is that the sun will rise from the West. Now, of course, there's a perhaps a physical or literal meaning to this. But at the same time, there's also a spiritual meaning to this, a metaphorical meaning. When the sun symbolizes the light of guidance, the love of Allah to his creation, the source of life on this planet, that that will at some point towards the last days or the last days of this age rise from the West rather than from the East. I personally feel that this Renaissance, this Islamic spiritual Renaissance is being born now and it is rising in the West totally makes sense because you know we live in the new world which is the west and out of a materialistic capitalistic society i do feel that 
place like this, spirituality is needed most. And inshallah, from here, it'll spread to the rest of the world and everyone and every home will experience it all again. You know, the old saying, you don't know what you have until it's gone or until it's been taken from you. And most of us who have landed here in the Western world by divine will, have been stripped of our cultures and our identities. Some of us, not all of us, but many of us have really had to consciously choose Islam, to choose spirituality, to choose the way and the path, to embrace it consciously. It wasn't something that we just did because of the environment we were in, because it was the cultural norm. In fact, the opposite. So there's a lot of symbolism in this movie. And I thought it was also very interesting that at the end of the movie, we realized that Eli was in fact blind, like his eyes, he didn't see. There could be a metaphor that could be drawn from that. Sure, it's physical blindness, but it was pointing to something that is very much deeper inside of ourselves. Physical blindness didn't stop him from traveling east to west. It didn't stop him from fighting people. It didn't stop him from getting through all of that chaos. It was extremely interesting that they made his character blind. Again, pointing to the idea that he was not blinded by the physical world. He wasn't seduced by materialism. And because he was blind, it was almost like his vision had to turn inward pointing towards spirituality, inner sight. There's in fact a line in the movie where he says, and he's quoting from the Bible, I walk by faith, not by sight. He's a beautiful example throughout the film of belief, of a believer, of one who's walking the path. And he's also referred to interestingly in the movie as the walker. We know in Islam that the path, the spiritual path is known as a tariqah. And oftentimes the journey upon that path is referred to as walking. We're all travelers. We're all on a journey. And we're all moving and heading towards our divine destiny and the divine presence of Allah Almighty. This story helps us understand how that journey is meant to unfold. Even though he's physically blind, his heart is open and he's sincere. And that's what gets him through all the troubles and challenges that you mentioned. Even though he physically can't see, he's being led and guided. He's being moved by divine will every step of the way. A beautiful example of a believer. The internal guide or the internal compass that really helped him get through all of this. And actually, Salora, the character played by Mila Kunis, she asked him about the book and why he was on this journey. Told her that he heard a voice and that voice was coming from inside of him. Uh, the movie, again, is pointing towards the inside, towards the internal or the inner dimension of our being. He was saying that that voice told him where to find that book and where to go. Uh, she was a little confused by this because, you know, we all hear voices in our heads. And she, she asked him, so you took this entire journey just based on a voice that you heard inside your head. And he responded by saying, I know what I heard. He had certainty. He had yaqeen in his heart. He was willing to go through miles and miles and cross the entire country to deliver that book. Yeah, and I would just simply maybe um, expand on that a little bit. And it wasn't so much maybe a voice in his head, but more a voice in his soul or coming from his soul. Right. It was a voice from deep within. I mean, we want to kind of make the distinction between voices in the head, which are actually thoughts that originate from ego consciousness versus a much deeper inspired command is which which is what he was responding to now we all have the ability to tune into and access that inspiration allah says in the quran i am nearer to you than your jugular vein and when you call upon me i will answer Actually, that's interesting um the voices i would just like to add this and i think this would be a good time to bring this up yes we do hear many voices and some of us have trouble trying to 
uh, maybe create a distinction between all these voices we hear in our head, that there are four voices that we always hear. Um, one comes from ourselves and is referred to as Hawa in our tradition. And the other one comes from Iblis or Shaitan or Satan, and that's usually called Waswasa. And then the other two, which Ahsana mentioned, they come from the soul, from the heart. And those are um, divine inspiration or Ilham that comes directly from Allah. And the other one is Mella from the Malaika, which comes directly from the angels. And the reason why Eli was so certain, it was so sure, because he, he knew the distinction between those voices and he was able to identify the voice that told him about the book and where to go. And the, and the question maybe for the person is how to be able to distinguish between different voices or different inspirations. And the answer, the key, which was also evident in the character of Eli, is that he was always in a state of submission, a state of surrender. His mind was still, his self was still. So as a practice, it becomes extremely valuable for us as Muslims, especially to learn to quiet and still our minds, still our beings, surrender ourselves completely, wholly, fully, totally, entirely, and to learn how to sit in stillness, to learn how to sit in silence, in surrender, in a state of Islam, and thereby become available to receiving inspiration from Allah's divine presence, to be open to receiving inspiration from Malaika, Allah's emissaries and messengers to humanity. This is available to every human being, every heart, every soul. Your heart, your soul is a vessel for Allah's light, love, and inspiration. It's an antenna, it's a receiver that at any moment can pick up, that at any moment can receive what Allah is sending. But we've got to get the mind out of the way. We've got to still and surrender, quiet that mind. And then you can hear, then you can feel where your heart is leading you to. SubhanAllah, that's uh, something that we all struggle with, trying to quiet the mind. You know, many of us uh, think that we can achieve that by going on vacation for two weeks to escape. But then when we come back, we realize that we haven't left in the first place. So yes, we should all incorporate that in our daily lives to, to meditate, to have a wudud of dhikr, incorporate that into the meditation uh, sometime after Fajr prayer or at the end of the night. And yes, the character Eli was in tune. Now I look back at the movie and I know that he's blind, but the fact that he was tuned in, that his, um, his listening, that his awareness was amplified to the point that he could detect something that is so far away. And when we think about this internally, imagine if we could have that stillness, if we could actually tune into that frequency that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to align ourselves with. Imagine what we can accomplish in our lives. You know, we are constantly uh, submitting ourselves to those voices in our minds, those ego-based voices that constantly try to pull us back. But once we actually tune in, there's so much that we can do. And this is the key, tuning in. We're so used to having our attention, our focus pulled out that we become strangers to ourselves and we become completely non-present. Eli's character was fully present in the here and now, in the present moment, and hence he was able to do amazing things. In fact, you wouldn't even know he was blind throughout the entire movie until the very end. This is something that is within our reach, it's within our potential, it's within our capacity, and it has been fully realized throughout human history by spiritual warriors. The perfected way of the spiritual warrior, which Eli again is a beautiful example of, is of a human being so empty of self, so clean and pure from within, that he is not moved by his own will, but is moved by divine will. Perhaps another example of this, another elegant example of this, is in George Lucas's characters in the Star Wars universe, the Jedi. Incredible examples of what a spiritual warrior is. Human beings 
so empty of self, so free and clear and pure from within, that it is not them acting, it is divine will acting through them. We see in the Jedi, and you see this in the book of Eli as well, how can a human being fight against insurmountable odds? How do the Jedi, for example, deflect blast or bolts? They're being shot at and they're able to move fast enough to deflect these beams of lasers that are being shot at them. Well, the secret is, it's not them. They're so fully surrendered to divine will, to the force as it manifests through them, that is the force, it is Allah moving through them, moving them. It's physically impossible for a human being to move that fast, just as it would be physically impossible for a blind person to defend himself against several armed thugs. Yet Eli does it gracefully, elegantly, flawlessly. And again, to truly be a spiritual seeker, a walker upon the path, it becomes very necessary to develop the character, the constitution of a spiritual warrior. Because the reality is we are in war. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ referred to it as jihad al nafs It is a jihad, it is a struggle, it is a battle, but it's a battle within. That's the real battle. That is the real war. And if we can win that war, then there's nothing that we cannot do. Yes, totally. Empty of self. We grow up in a society where we are trained, we are programmed to love ourselves. But that's not the truth. The only way that one could have love is by abandoning his self. One of the great scholars said that if you wanted to actually walk the path like Eli did and wanted to go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he can actually achieve the entire journey in two steps, literally two steps. And the first one would be taking one's own foot on his own neck. And that really means breaking his ego, abandoning his self, leaving it behind, because that is all an illusion. The only reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second step will take you directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is very important. That's something that we all need to realize because we know this. We, we knew this before we came here into this world, into this dunya. It's a very powerful image of a person that is subdued. Have one's foot on his neck or to have a foot on your neck means you're in a state of submission. You're in a state of submission. There's nothing you can do. You're in a state of stillness. Same way that example points towards the importance of being able to keep oneself in check, keep the mind in check. Have one's foot on his own neck, have the mind in check, heart in control, other than vice versa, which is the norm for, generally speaking, as human beings. Normally we're driven by ego consciousness, thoughts that are completely out of our control. The way the spiritual path to learn to master the self, and again, this is the way of the spiritual warrior, it's self-mastery, mastering the self. Of course, these are great ideas, these are great principles for interest in conversation. Reality of this can only be experienced through practice, through discipline. So blessed, we're so fortunate with Islam that it gives us the tools to attain the highest levels of spiritual development. We only use them properly. Provided many times, five times throughout the day, to stop, still ourselves, surrender to Allah Almighty, be with our Creator. How often do we pray with consciousness and with presence, with gratitude, with love, attention? Often are we simply trying to meet an external obligation and then move on with our day? Missing the benefit. We're missing the benefit when we operate that way. You also mentioned, Ahmed, the importance of becoming selfless, which again is the goal of Islam, Islamic spirituality, the purification of oneself of the self, become selfless, really is the purpose and essence of religion. And of the story, Acunus's character asks him, carrying this book all this time, what did you get from it? Like, what was the essence of its message? He was quiet for a moment and he thought, and he said, to do for others as you would want them to do for you. At least that's what he got out of it, is what he said. This is the essence of religion, of spirituality. 
known as the golden rule for others as you would have them do unto you. Prophet of Allah said, You are not a true believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. The shift, it's a paradigm shift, is about becoming selfless, exactly as you said, about living for others in an unhealthy way, trying to gain the approval and the love of others, living for others through sincere love, through true love, and to serve humanity. Because that's what truly brings us happiness. That's what truly brings us joy. A study was done. A lady had written a book, and a study was done. I don't have the exact quote here, but I had come across this a few years ago. And the subject was happiness. Through her research, she identified that the primary cause of unhappiness in our lives, selfishness, self-centeredness. We could become more selfless and stop thinking about ourselves so much and about others. We'd actually be much more fulfilled, happy as human beings. Islam, we pray, we're facing towards the Kaaba. We understand what that means when we make the Hajj, the pilgrimage. Making tawaf around the Kaaba. Let us know that the center of our lives, the focus of our lives, is Allah. It's God consciousness, spirituality, ourselves. We are not the center of our lives. And where do you experience, where do you find Allah? In your heart, in your soul. Heart and soul of your brother. Heart and soul of your sister. Heart and soul of every human being. Serve that. Serve that. Love that. You are serving Allah. Now, just to switch gears a little bit from selflessness to the protection that surrounded the character Eli in the movie. There was this great protection. There was this great light that followed him everywhere. We know that he was physically blind, but no matter what he went through, no matter how many people he encountered, subhanAllah, he was able to get through all of that. And it became even more evident uh, when he attacked Eli and Solara at uh, an abandoned house. And, and he shot Eli, and he drove away, but somehow that protection followed Solara because they took Solara with them, and Solara was able to get away. And Carnegie, the warlord, he was stunned. He knew that the protection that was over Eli was still there, was still present, it was still around. To him, he almost got a message that the game wasn't over yet that Eli was going to survive, that the journey will continue. You know, that's a great point, Ahmed, as there is a hadith of the Prophet, it's hadith Qudsi, which states that Allah is saying, if you come against one of my awliya, and I'm going to explain this, if you come against one of my awliya, I will declare war on you. It's a hadith of the Prophet, Allah is saying, if you come against someone, and who, what is an awliya? What is a waliullah? One who has so fully and completely surrendered themselves to Allah that they are no longer there, that Allah is operating through them. So think about this for a moment. In the same way that we're talking about the Jedi and the spiritual warriors, you're really not fighting that individual when you come against them. You're fighting the universe itself because they are so fully merged into this ocean of oneness, this ocean of power and light, the divine presence, that that individual for all practical purposes no longer exists. That ego has been so fully surrendered, that individual has become so fully selfless that it is Allah that operates through them. It's the universe that is acting through them. And in the same way, one who came against Eli were met with defeat, not by Eli's will, not by his prowess and his skill, but because he was being moved and animated, supported by divine power, because he has so fully surrendered himself. I do want to point out that when we talk about awliyaullah, it's not a caste, it's not a class of human beings that one can subscribe to or identify as such. It's a description, it's a word that is used by Allah and by the Prophet to denote a fully surrendered pious, humble human being. 
There is some confusion regarding this issue, and it's important to mention that awliyaullah are simply human beings who are selfless, who are truly following in the footsteps of the Prophet They are not gods or demigods. There's another hadith qudsi of the Prophet where Allah is saying, My awliya are hidden underneath my domes and no one knows them but me. So again, it's very important to know, to understand within Islam that there is no caste system. The Prophet said that all men are equal as the teeth of a comb and that the only difference is in taqwa between human beings. And that is a difference that is between that individual and his or her creator. This is what made the Prophet of Allah so great, so beautiful, so magnificent, so attractive, so pure and so perfect because none were closer to Allah than him. And yet he said, I am just a man. He brought himself down. He did not elevate himself. That is a true believer. That is a true man of God. He did not seek to be served. He sought to serve. Humility was his character. Humility was his path. That is a true awliya. That is a true wali. That is a true saint. He never considered himself above anyone else. He never sought to lord himself over anyone else. He worked like everyone else. He struggled like everyone else. He defended the community like everyone else. He was a true leader. He led from the front. He led by example. Yes, and if there's anything from this movie that we can actually walk away from, it's actually remind ourselves. Yes, Eli was on this journey from east to west, but let's think back 1400 years ago. Our Prophet Muhammad was on this journey. How many, how many battles did he come across? How many people ridiculed what he said? And yet he stood and he fought with Allah's light and wisdom. He, he took so much for us. He took so much to spread this message, you know, through his Sahaba, through the generations, through his awliya and his saints. So if anything, we should be thankful. Uh, we should show gratitude. And we should realize that Islam has a lot more to offer. SubhanAllah, absolutely, Ahmed. You know, the Prophet of Allah, وسلم, his companions, they, they bled, they struggled, they suffered immensely to allow this way, this path, this light to reach us almost 1,500 years later. They had to witness their families being tortured, beaten, killed, and they didn't let go of this faith so that we could have it today. They sacrificed more than any of us, most of us, will ever know. And we absolutely have to remember that and honor them and be grateful. There is one other element that I think would be important to address here, and that is the preservation of the way, preservation of spirituality of sacred scripture, the safeguarding of the message. At that point in the movie that you mentioned when Eli gets shot and they actually take this Bible from him, he loses the book and he thinks for a moment that his mission has failed. But again, so tuned inward, the inspiration comes to him, keep walking. And he gets up with a bullet wound in his gut and continues to walk westward. By that point, his companion Solar has managed to escape, finds him on the road, and helps him complete his journey. And he finally arrives at the western edge of civilization. But he no longer has the book with him. But he does have the book with him. He's memorized the entire scripture, the entire Bible, by heart, word for word. And he's able to recite the entire book from beginning to end, word by word. Now, I don't know if the Bible has ever really been memorized word for word by anyone. But that is something that happens within Islam. That is something that happens within the Qur'an. And those who memorize the entire Qur'an word for word, letter by letter, are known as Hafizul Qur'an. This is how Islam was preserved originally in the hearts of human beings.
Islam was originally preserved, and Allah says, I will preserve this religion, I will preserve this dhikr, I will preserve this scripture. How does Allah preserve it? In the hearts of human beings, not in books. The Prophet didn't write the Quran down in his lifetime. It was done afterwards because of this fear of losing the message, of losing the Quran, because so many Hafiz were dying. It's interesting that Eli has to leave the physical book behind, loses it, to truly realize its meaning and its depth. And in the movie he says, I got so caught up in keeping it safe that I forgot its purpose. And that's when he says to do for others as you would want them to do for you, or as you would do for yourself. The true path, the true book, the true way, the true religion is only known in the human being who walks it and lives it sincerely. This is why Allah sent our Prophet to us. He could have simply sent a book from heavens in the hands of angels, but he sent Rasulullah Muhammad to show us to live with, to learn from him through association, through companionship. And Bibi Aisha said he is the walking Quran, he is the Quran in manifest form. In the same way in this movie, they show that Eli is the book. Sometimes we get so caught up in preserving the religion that we forget its purpose. We get so caught up in preserving and safeguarding its forms, its rituals, its regulations, that we lose its deeper meaning, its essence, its spirituality. But it's important for us to always remember to balance our path. The form without its essence is useless. It becomes counterproductive. It becomes harmful, as this movie showed us. Religion without its sincerity, without its spirituality, without its purity, becomes a tool for darkness and for evil, rather than a force of good. But yet, when religion, when spirituality, when sacred scripture is honored truly and sincerely, it can become the most powerful force for good in this universe. Eli had been walking with this book for 30 years, and he eventually had to leave it behind to realize its truth, that it wasn't about him carrying a physical book to the end of his journey, but it was about him making it to the end of his journey. He was supposed to get to the end of the journey. He was supposed to have become the book. So in the same way that the Prophet ﷺ was the Qur'an, was the spirit of the Qur'an, its essence, its soul, we as believers, as Muslims, must also become the Qur'an. We must operate our lives every step with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the name of Allah, the compassionate, the merciful. We must truly become examples of compassion, love, and mercy in this world and thereby become true deputies of Allah, as was our destiny. Indeed, and when he got back home, Carnegie, the warlord, he realized that there was a key, and subhanAllah, this could mean many things, and one of the meanings is only true believers have the key. And he got somebody to break into the book, and he was surprised because the entire book was in Braille which only physically blind people can see. And that came across as the only people who could have access to divine knowledge, to divine light, are those who are not attached to the physical world. The people who do not have dunya in their hearts. The reality that we all need to immerse ourselves in is that this world, this dunya that we are in, we're in it for just a moment in time. Because the entire universe from beginning to end, what is it but a flash in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And Eli, the character, believed this. Like Ahsan mentioned, Eli was on this journey for 30 years, but he wasn't phased by that. 
it didn't affect him. It didn't stop him. He was willing to go through more to reach his destination. Eli was a traveler, a seeker, a sincere, honest soul. He spent his whole life traveling and walking. And you see that contrasted with Carnegie, who was a warlord and not a traveler. To the contrary, he was seeking to build an empire for himself in the world. Eli was non-attached. Carnegie's entire focus was the attainment of wealth and power. And the Prophet said, be in this world as a traveler who stops just for a short time to take a rest and then moves on. Who you are is deeper than what this world would have you believe. You are not your body, you are not your form, you are not even your mind. You are the spirit and the soul that animates this being, this form, this mind, this body. You are the spirituality that exists within this house, within this temporary abode. And there will come the day. Be free. Be ready in any moment to meet your Lord. As Sayyidina Ali Karamallahu Wajuhu said, do for your dunya as if you're here forever and prepare for your akhirah as if you're going to die tomorrow. May Allah Almighty guide us all and keep us all upon the path. Keep our hearts pure and sincere. Lead us to cleanliness and true spirituality. May He subhanahu wa ta'ala support you in your lives, protect you and your families, and guide our nation, guide our community back to its purity, back to its beauty, and back to its divine destiny as deputies of the Almighty. And may Allah accept our prayers, and may He give us the strength on this journey in our lives, and may He give us the strength to emulate the character of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. This brings us to the end of our episode. I would like to thank all the listeners out there for tuning in. Please visit our website at soulofislamradio.com. There you can get access to a free multimedia course which could help you rediscover the deeper dimension of Islam. Also, you'll find subscription links to services such as iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, and TuneIn, as well as links to our personal blogs and social media profiles. Also, to help you learn more about stillness meditation, please visit islamicmeditation.com. And to learn more about the path of the spiritual warrior, please visit eternalwarriorway.com. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, share with family and friends. And with that, may the divine blessings and mercy be upon you all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.